just thank you for your word. In small bites and big bites, whatever kind of bites it is, it's always good. And it's always good for us. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you lead us into truth. If we just had to wander around by ourselves, we might never get there. But we have a guide. We have you. And we are grateful, Lord, as we look at your word today that you are leading us. You are guiding us into truth that is going to help us so much in our lives. And we are grateful for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, did y'all have a good Valentine's Day? <laughs> good. I'm glad some of y'all had a really good Valentine's Day. You know, uh, I, I just thought I'd pull Valentine's into this since it works. But, you know, none of us really believe in a little half-clad baby angel flying around shooting arrows, okay? None of us really believe that you're just walking along your merry way and boing. You know how the cartoons are? His arrow hits and their eyes go all like springs or something and then the little hearts float up and whoever they see next, what happens? They fall passionately in love. Now, none of us believe that, right? Okay, if you believe that, you don't have to say anything, all right? Because most of us in here are not believers in that kind of thing. But uh, most of us don't believe that. But in life, sometimes we act like we actually believe that. We act like I'm just walking along and all of a sudden, there he was. There was some sort of ussy, squishy thing going on on the inside of me. My heart started beating hard. There was this magnetism, and I just fell into something. Some of us, we really believe that this happens. Now, those physiological things can happen, but, you know, all of those descriptions make it look like that Love, in all of its capacities, is something that is outside of your control. It happens to you. I've had spouses who have been abandoned um, say things like, well, she couldn't choose who she loved. Excuse me? You can choose exactly who you want to love. In fact, you can go into your life and all of your relationships and you can find the most difficult, nastiest person that you know and love them. You have that capacity. Some of you are like, like, oh, why did you say the nasty part? Because I had a few before that that I could have loved, but, ooh, there's this one. I don't think I'm capable. Oh, yes, you are. Now, I did not say that you have to hang out with them every day of the week. But I am saying that the love of God that is on the inside of you, love, we've made it look like a fuzzy adjective. But love is not a fuzzy adjective. Love is a verb. It is something that you do. It is stout. It is solid. It is immovable. It is 
strong. It's not this little ushy squishy, ooh, something pinged me, and now I've got to go in another direction. You know, life, uh, y'all are old enough to realize that life can be, life can be hard. People you love can be mean to you. They can do things that disappoint and discourage you. But you still have the capacity to love because love is tough. Now, all of us, we have, we were made in the image of God. Do you know on the, on the days of creation when he decided to make Adam, the Bible said that he made Adam in his image and after his likeness. That means mankind, you can look at yourself and you kind of look like God does. And the stuff that's on the inside of you, you are God-like because you were made in the image of God after his likeness. Now, we have three children. Two of our kids look like their father. Thank the Lord for three children. So there is one child that looks like me, but Mike and I, we look at our kids sometimes, and it's like the ones that look like us look so much like us that I can't see, we can't see each other in them at all. So we say, well, we say about Jared, he's the one who looks like me, fell in and figured it out. But we'll say about him that he must have Mike's internal organs because everything else about him looks like my side of the family. So it's like all his heart, his liver, all that stuff, it must be all Davis. But everything on the outside is all Hagemeyer. (laughs) Because our children are made in our likeness and our image. You know, you're like that. And thank God, whether people are born again or not, You are still made in the image of God and after his likeness. So things that are in God, even though they've been corrupted through sin, even if you have not received the Lord Jesus, you're still his kid. (laughs) He still made you. You're still in his image and his likeness. There are things about God and thank God. Today we're going to be looking at this love, the love of God, But if we look at a natural human love, everyone has a natural human love. Otherwise, it's an instinct and it's otherwise a baby would be born. And the mama would look at that thing and say, you are going to be way too much trouble and just set it aside. Because how many of you figured out that kids are work? There's joy built in there. But there are a lot of diapers between these spurts of joy sometimes. And then as they get older, sometimes there's long lengths of time when you're like, oh, Jesus. Kids are work. And if there was not this instinct on the inside of us of a natural human love, we just wouldn't be bothered. But God has put that on the inside of us so that mankind would would go on through all the seasons of humanity, through all the seasons of even when man was rejecting God, turning away from God. Man still goes on. Mankind still goes on. So this is the way way that it works. I I work by sticky notes. If y'all are looking here, I got my little sticky notes. One time, Mike was throwing away one of my sticky notes. He said, you need this? I'm throwing it in the trash. He said, that's my whole sermon right there. He said, Melody, that is not a sermon. I said, well, it's mine. 
yeah, leave my sticky notes alone. So I got my little sticky notes here uh, so I don't get too distracted. But we've got, these are, these are our love buckets. This is just our natural human love bucket. We all have one. We all have a capacity to love, whether we're born again or not. And so this is my little love bucket here. And so maybe I've had, maybe, maybe Megan's having a real hard time. She's got a baby coming pretty soon, and she's like calling the doctor's office. Would you recalculate those dates again? Just please, please just make sure. Are, are you positive? You know, she's, ha- she's just waiting for this baby. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show love to Megan. I'm going to dip into my love bucket. Yes, I am. Here. I'm going to give Megan some love. Yes, I am. She's not giving me nothing back because she's just like, I'm taking care of myself right now, Melody. Your day's coming. So I'm loving on Megan, and then my, my husband sort of acts a little bit ugly on me. But I don't, I don't act ugly back to him, no. I'm sweet, and I'm kind to him. I, I pour out some love. Yes, I'm dipping out of my love bucket. Yes, I am. But after a while, and here's my cousin Susie, and she's been acting up, and I was loving to her, and I had a crisis over here with a friend, and I was loving to them. And when we're talking about our natural human love, how many of you ever studied Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs? Well, it's like, okay, we got, we got to have food, right? So we got to have food. We got to survive. Then, then I got to do something else. But pretty low on the list is, is I need to be loved. I've got to make sure that I have love in my life. I need to be loved. I don't want to just be like this human sitting here on earth connected to nothing and so in our natural human love after a while it's like <clears throat> it's getting kind of low here I'm gonna have to start pulling back I don't care if Megan's got baby coming my love bucket's getting low I'm gonna just hang on to my love for a while some people they gotta start putting some love into my love bucket nobody's been putting any love in my love bucket my love bucket's getting low. It's getting depleted. I'm going to run out. And in this place is we, where, where we start saying things like, I'm done. Have you ever said that? Oh, I'm done. What does that mean? It's like, oh, no, I'm done loving. <laughs> My love bucket, I've been, pour, I've been pouring out. Pour, I'm done. I am not. No, no, no more love on that Megan. She can just, her family can take care of her. <laughs> No more love. I'm not going to pour out any more love on my husband. I'm going to wait. He better be pouring some love into me. Because we got to keep this thing balanced out, right? Because this is very finite, isn't it? I mean, if we all, if, if every, life's going good, then my husband, he brings me roses. They might be the wrong color, but it's still something, you know? <laughs> any color will do. But he does know my favorites. You know? So in this life, we've got this very finite, it's a volume of love that we have. We're giving, we're receiving, we're exchanging love. But that love comes to an end. But this is the thing. The Bible says that if any of us come into Christ Jesus, this means that we receive his gift of eternal life. There is a regeneration. There is a recreation that happens on the inside of you. All of a sudden, what was dead on the inside of you has come to life. 
There is the life of God on the inside of you. And now you have a whole different set of spiritual DNA that you have access to. Now, how many of you uh, have moved to a new house, but you find yourself just going to the old one? You just get in the car, and it's almost like the car drove itself. And here you were in front of your old house. It's like, oh, man. You know, Mike, his car just comes to the church. That's what it does all by itself. But every time, that, almost every time that we decide we're going to go to the reservoir, he's supposed to turn right when we come out of the driveway, but he just goes to the church. <clears throat> and so right as we're coming to the corner, I say, Bay, you know, we're going to the reservoir. Now, for a FedEx driver, the loss of the one 20th of a mile is serious stuff. This is significant all the time. He's like, I can't believe I do this. I can't believe I just, honey, it's just one little corner. But why? Because his car's just used to going there. Now, when we're born again, some people never learn this. Some people have access to the ocean of God's love, which is what we have access to. We have access to anything God has access to. When we give our lives to God. If he's got it, we have access to it. So we have access to this ocean of God's love. But we're used to living out of a bucket. And so we just keep on living out of our bucket. We have access to so much more. But just out of sheer habit. It's like, I can't be loving on them. They haven't been loving on me. I can't be kind to them. They haven't been being kind to me. I'm not going to return their call. They don't deserve it. And so we're going to look at some scriptures here. The Bible says that when you were born again, that now, instead of you having this very finite bucket, the Bible says that out of your belly flows a trickle, rivers of living water. Rivers. We're not, it's drought resistant, this thing that's on the inside of you. It is, it is, it is only controlled by God. Whatever he's got is what you're going to have. And so on the inside of you, we have rivers of living water that are flowing out of us that we can access. We do not need a bucket. We still have our bucket. You still have your just natural capacity to love people. You can love people out of that. But you have access to rivers of living water that are flowing out of you. We're going to talk in particular about love today because when you look, when you look at love in the Bible, love is what it says that God is. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But all of those things are rooted in the love is what is the most important of anything that we can learn to access in our lives. So we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified Bible. We're going to... We're going to just skip through the skip over the first three verses, but I'm going to tell you that in the th first three verses, this is what it boils down to. It says, 
that if you are not functioning from a motivation of love, all you're doing is making noise. You are pretty much useless as far as performing the work of God, communicating the things of God to those around you, and you will have nothing in return for what you've done. To the extent that it said, if you gave all of your money to the poor, as in all of it, and gave your body to be burned, if you did both of those things and yet were not functioning from a motivation of love, it says it profits you nothing. I can only imagine doing that and you show up in heaven thinking, <laughs> I am going to be something in heaven. <laughs> but not done from a motivation of love. It's like you, you, you get in, but there's no profit for you. That is how important love is to God. It's how important it is for us to live out of the love of God. So let's, let's look in verse 4. It says, love endures long. How, how does it endure? Long. It, it means it just keeps on and keeps on. And while it's enduring, that's a little bit of Melody's paraphrase, it is patient and kind. How many of you have endured, but as you endured, you were neither patient nor kind? You just endured. And everybody around you knew you were enduring. I hate to tell you, it doesn't count. That's, that's not the love of God. That's just trying to live out of your bucket. But that's not the love of God. The love of God has the capacity to endure long, and while he's doing it, while we're doing it, we can be patient we can be kind to people. It says love is, is never as envious, doesn't boil over with jealousy. Why not? Because we're thinking about other people, not just about ourselves. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. If you're ever feeling kind of puffy, just stop it. <laughs> That's not the love of God. The love of God is never sticking its chest out trying to get attention. The love of God is just thankful for whatever gifts that God has given to you that you're able to bless other people with. It's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. You know, I used to be, uh, um, <clears throat> those of you who know my husband, I know that I am organized. He is not, okay? That's just the simple, the simple straightforward version of it. I used to be very prideful about the fact that I was so organized and he was not. And uh, I, I felt superior. Thank you. So your chuckle tells me that you are recognizing that that is not the love of God. Now, who caused me to be organized? God. He gave me that capacity. He just gave me capacity to look at things and say, okay, we should do it like this, this, this. Okay, now it's all orderly. Now we can find things when we need them. Now we can do things in a methodical way. Uh, can, can I take any, any credit for that? No, it was God's gift to me. So why am I getting so big on myself about that? I didn't. I, it's not like I did something to develop this in me. It was just a God-given gift. It's something he gave to me. And he gave my husband different sets of gifts, like enjoying life. 
and making people smile. I make people functional. He makes them smile and feel happy and joyful <laughs> while they're getting things done. So love is not conceited. It's not arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not rude or unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. As we're going over all of these verses, I want you to remember this. When you find yourself being out inconsistent with what these scriptures, this is the love of God. All of these are rooted in the love of God. When you find your, yourself living inconsistent with that, just know that it's not his love. It's something else over here that you're being motivated by. It doesn't, love or God's love in us does not, <clears throat> take a deep breath, okay? This is going to be a little tough to take. It doesn't insist on its own rights. Oh, we love to insist on our own rights. Why? Why do I feel a need to insist on my own rights? Because I'm not living in the love of God, believing that he is filling my love bucket. So I got to stick up for my own self. I got to make sure that you don't take advantage of me. I've got to make sure that you don't push me around. I've got to fend for myself. Why? Because I'm living as though the love that I need is very finite, but it's not. When I'm living in the love of God, when I am allowing that to flow out of me, I can rest easy. Somebody takes advantage of me, you know what? I can smile through it. I can love through it. Why? Because God's going to take care. He's going to make sure that my love, that there is love that sustains me, that fills me. I'm never going to lack for love because I, I ran out of love in my love bucket if I'm living out of the love of God. Here we go. It doesn't insist on its rights or its own way because it is not self-seeking. If you're not self-seeking, what are you? You're looking out for those who are around you. It's not touchy. Ow! Did that hurt you? It's not touchy. How many of y'all can be touchy? If I am touchy, I'm living in a way that, that I'm not feeling nourished by the love of God. I'm allowing things that are around me. I, I, I have to have a relationship with you based on your behavior towards me. Is that the way that God's love is towards us? He keeps reaching out to us. He keeps drawing us close. Do you know that even after Adam and Eve were sent out of the Garden of Eden, we have records of a conversation that God had with their oldest son. He came and sought him out. Why? Because he had a bad attitude towards his brother. God saw trouble in his future. He saw he was going to make some mistakes. And the God of the universe, who had just been rejected came and sought Cain out. He came and said, ooh, you need to change things here. Well, Cain didn't change things. But can you imagine that? In a fallen state, God came and sought Cain out. He wanted to help him. He wants to help you. He wants to help me. He's always drawing close to us. So when we're feeling like people can't treat me this way or I'm not, what's going to happen to me? We're not living filled 
with a, a revelation of the love that God has for us. So it's not touchy, it's not fretful, it's not resentful. How many of you never said anything but <clears throat> you were boiling inside? You were resentful. All of these, but, but, but in case you're, you're questioning, I deal with all of these things, okay? I'm in no way saying that I never deal with this, but when I see it, I recognize, you know what? I don't have to be like this. God's going to take care of me. I get to just forgive them for what they did. I don't have to be resentful towards you. I don't have to say, I got my bucket, and I'm taking my bucket with you. You're not getting in my bucket anymore because I'm living out of the ocean of God's love for me. It takes no account of the evil done to it. No account. Wouldn't you love it if people around you lived this way towards you? I would like to say that I'm all sunshiny every day of my life, and I'm not. Some days I'm kind of crabby. takes me some time to get warmed up. Sometimes I go the whole day and never do get warmed up. Uh, wouldn't it just be lovely if the people around you just said, I'm going to pay no attention to it. Wouldn't you love that? If you just didn't feel bad, it's like, oh, thank you for the mercy. Thank you for your grace towards me. That's the way that God is towards us. And because of his love for us and in us, that's how we can live if we want to towards those who are around us. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Just doesn't pay attention to it. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right, when truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. This word bears, it means it covers it in silence. It's just quiet about it. Somebody did something to you, something that was hurtful, you're just quiet about it. It's like, I forgive them. It's going to be okay. I don't have to go hunt them down. I don't have to make them tell me that they're sorry. I don't have to do anything like that. I can just be silent. We can just be forgiven. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, and it's ever ready to believe the best of every person. This is a personal quest of mine right now. Always believe the best. You know, in our society right now, people hunt down the worst. <laughs> they will find somebody who has lived a wonderful life and they will sniff out that one thing that they ever did and they will magnify it for everybody to see. But that's not the love of God. No, the love of God, it covers it up. Love bears up under anything and everything that's coming. It believes the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. You know, when I feel hopeless, when I'm feeling like this is never going to change, that's never going to change, I always know that I need to get with the Lord. Because he is, remember that scripture a couple of years ago? He is the God of hope. And he fills us with joy and peace as we trust in him. So if you don't have joy, if you don't have peace, the scripture ends, we overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not overflowing with hope, 
It means that I'm getting way too grounded in things that are finite. And I need to be looking more and keeping my eyes on the Lord because he's the God of hope. He's able to believe the best of every person. His hopes don't fade. (laughs) You look throughout the Bible, God's hope never faded. It took a long time (laughs) before Jesus came. Before things started to turn around, and even now, I told I've, I've told Micah several times. It's like it's hard for me to understand how the Lord can't get discouraged. I know He doesn't, but if I was God, I'd be discouraged. Maybe that's why I'm not God. He's God, but He doesn't get discouraged. He just He keeps on. His hopes are fadeless, and that love is the love that we have to dip into. It's fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything. Without weakening. You know, the love of God is solid. It's not something that's unstable. I I spent several minutes this morning. We have this chair, you know, we got these little rubber bumpers so it won't, it won't scratch the floor and, but we have it fastened on, so every time the chair gets bumped, it goes off a rubber bumper, and then your chair's like this, and so I'm trying to move it here, and then the chair's not staying, and I get the bumper under, and then this one slips out, and I'm going back and forth. That is not a picture of what the love of God is like. It is solid. It's stable. It's strong. It's sturdy. It doesn't falter. That's the love that you have access to as a believer. You do not have to live out of this love bucket. You can live out of the love of God. It says, love never fails. Never fades out. It's never obsolete. Never comes to an end. You know what that, I looked up that word fails. It means it never gets pushed off its course. How many of you in your loving have been pushed off your course? It's like, I'm going to wake up today, I feel all cheery. I'm going to love people. And it wasn't very long before you got pushed off your course. Well, It's okay. You're human and God understands that. But when we get pushed off our little love course, we just need to recognize, ooh, this is where I was living out of. And this is limited. But I don't have to live out of that. I can live out of the love of God. You know, even if people in my household... Maybe they all woke up grumpy on the same day together. And I'm like, here I am all cheering y'all, all a bunch of grumps. Have y'all ever had days like that? Yeah, uh, we've all had days like that. I don't have to be impacted by that. I don't have to be affected. I don't have to tell them all to straighten up. I can just love because I'm being loved so fully by God. We're going to look at a couple other scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. I am kind of watching the time but I'm not very much over. It says this. It says, always be humble and gentle. This is functioning in the love of God. Be patient with each other. Can I have it back? Actually, I'll read off my paper. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Did you, how, did you like how it worded that? Making allowances. For each other's faults. Not saying you better straighten this up. (laughs) You better stop this. You know, the socks and the floor have got to stop or I cannot keep serving you from my love bucket. (laughs) No. Uh, 
And we're not going to go into all the exceptions and things because that will dilute what the Lord is saying. But it, we make allowance for people's faults. Doesn't mean we'll never have a conversation about it. But I'm not cutting you off because you can't straighten up. You know, there's things I'm still working to straighten up on. How about you? <laughs> and I'm really, really glad when, when mercy is given to me. When I was a kid, I had a horrible temper. I mean, it was like I would go from calm seas to rage like that. I didn't, I, it was, I felt like I didn't have a, a chance to stop and think things through. It was just happy calm seas and fists flying. Um, just like that. Now, I was born again. I was not okay with this on the inside of myself. It was one of my prayers. I just always pray, oh, God, when I wake up in the morning, because this is the easiest way to deal with this. When I wake up in the morning, please let my temper be gone, because that would be nice and easy, wouldn't it? And it never was. <laughs> I remember one of my friends one day, I had an umbrella in my hand when this came upon me. I have no, no idea what she said. But after I was done flailing her with my umbrella, oh, I felt horrible because she's my good friend, you know. And so I'm like, oh, I'm trying to fix her. And I remember she just looked at me. She said, Melody, you know, the good thing about you, <laughs> the good thing about you is that after you beat us up, you always try to fix us. <laughs> you know, that is a picture of loving and making allowances for people. Not cutting them off. Not saying, you, you are, my, my, I am packing my love bucket up and I am putting it in the storeroom. You are getting no more love from me. But making allowances for one another. Philippians 2, once again. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, is there? The answer is yes. If there's any comfort of love, have you been comforted by his love? Yes. If there's any fellowship of the Spirit, have you enjoyed the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Yes. If there's any affection and mercy, have you had that coming? Yes. So if you answered yes to all of those, then he's got a request for you. He says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. He's talking about us here in this room. Be like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Okay, take a deep breath again here. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. You know what? If we don't have a revelation of the love of God, when it says to esteem someone better than me, I'm supposed to look at you and I'm supposed to say, what's best for Danette right here? I'm not supposed to be looking and saying, well, what's best for me? Because, you know. You gotta go take care of your own lives. I got my life to take care of. You got yours to take care of. I'm gonna do what's right for me. I'm gonna do what's good for me. And Danette, I'm sorry if she gets in the way and I kind of 
ride right over her with my little bicycle. But um, she's got her life, I've got mine. That is not the picture that we see. It's a being one mind. That means we're together. I'm together with you. My heart is knit with you. I don't walk about walk around just thinking, what's the best thing for me? What do I want to do for me? What's good for me? I look and I say, what's good for us? What's good for all of us together? Okay, it might take some of my time. It might take some of my effort. But if it's the best thing for all of us, then hey, it's going to be okay. But you're going to run out of energy, Melody. You're going to run out of time. I am going to live... In the love of God, the ocean of his love, his love is going to wash over me. It's going to refresh me. It's going to fill me. I am not going to lack because I chose to love you. That's the love of God. Some of you might be here today. You may not have a relationship with God. You may not have had a picture painted you. I had the greatest blessing. I was raised by a family who saw God right. My parents saw God right. I was never, ever taught that God was out to get me. Never. I was never told that God was upset at me or mad at me. I was never told, God saw you do that. I was never told that, ever. I was raised by parents who demonstrated God's love to me, who showed me that God was approachable, that he was a part of my everyday life, that he was for me. When I made a mistake, my parents were so wonderful. We believe in spankings. Yes, we did. Yes, I do. (laughs) There's a time and a place for everything. Mom and dad would march me back to the bedroom, and they would say loving, kind things to me. They would never say there and say, if you ever do that again, I'm going to hurt you. No, they didn't. They were great, great demonstrators of the love of God to me. And some of you may have had a different picture painted for you about God. You know, I was raised as a missionary kid in Africa. and um, If you ever went out into the bush in Africa <laughs> and everybody ran away from you, I can tell you exactly what their parents had told them. You better behave or the white man's going to get you. It was, a, it, was a, it was something they said. So you had to kind of let them warm up to you because that's what they'd always heard. Some people have heard that about God. You better behave or God's going to get you. <laughs> he is looking <laughs> hard to find you in a mistake. And I'm telling you that that is not the heart of God towards you or me. And so I want us to just bow our heads for a moment. Lord, we just thank you so much for your love. That, Lord, you didn't, you didn't pour out your love for us in teaspoons. But you allowed us this access to these rivers of living water. You just gave it freely to us. No restraints on it. Nothing held back. But, Lord, you, said, you just freely gave us your love. And Father, we're just so thankful for that love of God. You know, each one of us here, and as we've as we've heard your word today, we thought, oh man, you know, I've I've been living out of my finite bucket in this area or that area, and I've been dipping into the ocean of your love every once in a while, but Lord, I haven't been living there. 
And Father, I just I just pray for all of us here as your your body, a church family. Lord, that we would live in your love. When we find ourselves living like like love is a finite thing that we got to hold on to, help us to remember, Lord, that we're free to love.